Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brother's Creed podcast, where we talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers. I'm Ethan. And I'm Jared. And today we are talking about the attribute of tolerance. Uh, it's an interesting attribute. Uh, I've got some, uh, there's an interesting paradox that exists with this attribute. One of the things I'm going to talk about today uh, and something that in our society, to, in different societies, they handle tolerance differently. So we're talking about from a societal standpoint, from a personal standpoint, and uh, and then ultimately kind of where you draw those lines of being tolerant versus intolerant. So uh, it's an exciting episode, and uh, let's go ahead and jump in. All right, let's do it. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. All right, man. How you been? Your your voice sounds like you're uh, a little bit sick. You doing yeah, good? Yeah, uh, I'm 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 kind of coming out of it. I think um, over the weekend I was kind of um, I don't know had a little bit of a cold, and then it, it just seems like you know it, everything always gets worse at night. So oh yeah, um, yeah, still a little raspy, but feeling feeling a lot better. So that's good. That's good. I've been uh, we've been doing some like. Grape juice. We've been drinking grape juice like every morning with the kids and drinking like like probiotics and all these other like little like things, vitamins and stuff that goes into it. And we've yeah. been doing that for since the beginning of the school year. And for the most part, everybody's been pretty healthy around our house. So Yeah, th- this year compared to last year, um, you know, it's been a lot better, knock on wood. But uh yeah, and I, I I I typically it really hasn't been that bad. It's just been kind of a voice thing, and then you know when I wake up in the morning, I've got, I'm just congested and stuff. But uh, which typically it clears up. Um, so yeah, when I when I kind of started feeling it come on, I I, I hit the uh, hit the vitamins pretty hard. Um, I feel like it you know potentially helps stay off some of that. I don't I don't feel like I ever got really sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the kids don't get it. Yeah. Too too bad. Yeah. So I know last week you had your birthday on the seventh. Uh how does it feel to be older now? To be thirty four <laughs> now. Uh great. Yeah. It's feels the same as it did yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> still gotta still gotta pay those bills. Yeah. Do you guys do anything interesting or fun? Uh, we just kind of hung out. Um, it's kind of a, a tradition that um, that my wife and I do, uh, where we just kind of go for kind of more of like experiences for birthdays rather than like presents. And so we'll just go out and we'll, um, you know, spend a a night away from the house. We'll have you know um, somebody watch the kids for for the night, and we'll just kind of just make a a whole evening of it. You know. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. We'll go do something. We'll go get great food, and we'll hang out, and we'll chill and talk. And um, you know, we just kind of really like that. So it was nice. That's cool. Yeah, and I hadn't quite started uh, feeling uh, kind of coldish yet. So, so that was good. Maybe partying at the club until like four in the morning with glow sticks in yeah. your mouth. Uh, maybe yeah. that was the reason why you're feeling a little bit sick. Yeah, the rave. It takes the, a long time the, to recover from something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, you know, when I was thirty-three, it wasn't that bad. But now, I'm 34. now it's over. The, it's just, it's just, no, it's just beyond. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the day after, uh, my youngest, who's two years old now, um, he doesn't really take. Well, he he does take naps sometimes in his room. Um, but we've kind of gone away from naps and really just kind of like quiet time in your room for a couple hours in the afternoon. Yeah. And uh, he has like this like little teepee in his room that he like hangs out in and stuff. So we've done that a couple of times. And so we let him in there and um, 
uh, he's in there. My, my wife's downstairs doing something and I'm working and, and then, uh, he comes out of the room and I guess he walks downstairs and I just hear my wife like yelling, like what in the world is going on? And so I come out and she's coming up the stairs and he's walking up behind her and he is like covered like white in uh baby powder. <laughs> oh man. And we're just like, Oh dude. And so uh <laughs> vacuuming that his... stuff up just goes right out the back of the vacuum. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And so we went into his room and the entire room was covered in uh, he had we had like a big jar of um <laughs> uh baby powder. That was supposed to last you through all your kids. <laughs> seriously and it was like full and so oh, we went back and we we went back and we watched the um the 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 Ring camera, camera that's yeah. in his room yeah and uh we went back and it was just funny because there was like all these toys laying around on his on his floor and he went around to every toy and like shook a bunch of like a pile onto <laughs> every toy so like every little like matchbox car uh, there's like a pile of oh, baby gosh. powder on it and then a pile of baby powder on this and on that and on this. And then he was like dumped it all on his bed. I mean, he, he dumped the whole thing. Oh man. And it was like, at one point it was like on the walls. And I was like, how did he, I was like, how did it get on the walls? Like, <laughs> and then we, we were looking back and he's standing on top of his dresser, just like flinging going, it, going back and forth, just flinging it everywhere. And he's just like, oh, dude. Dude, he's living his best life. He's like, and guess best part? I don't have to clean this up. Seriously. No, I made him I made him sit at the door um, and sit there while I cleaned it up for 45 minutes. The thing about that is it's so fine that, like, your vacuum filter, like, it's hard for it, it to yeah. almost catch it because it just blows it back out. Um, geez. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it, it cleaned up better than, like, throw up. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> or or like lotion or oh, gosh, Vaseline yeah. or something like that, you know. Um, or shampoo if you would have gotten into that. Uh so it the vacuum cleaner actually did a pretty good job. Um but I ended up just anything that was like soft, I, I just like folded it up in a blanket and then just like took it outside and shook it out. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. But that whole room smells like baby powder now. Oh yeah, for like two days it smelled like it, it was like I felt like I had I felt like I had the white lung coming out of there after I was done cleaning. The it. white lung, <laughs> racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we haven't had that, but uh, we've had situations where we'll walk in the morning and then like all the wet wipes will just be all pulled out and all over the place, and it's just like uh, the. Uh, stingy guy the the part of me that in the my brain that's like really stingy i'm like what a waste and I'm like we need to save these wet wipes so i try to put them in like a plastic bag or something but they never keep <laughs> no it's just you have to accept the loss except the l and just toss them in the trash yeah i was uh we, we were changing um our youngest one's still in diapers and so we were changing diapers he's like right on the point of uh potty training but we're kind of just letting him you know, kind of letting him guide that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's kind of just, you know, so he, he, he'll he sometimes still tell us, sometimes he won't. And, and, you know, so we're just kind of not too worried about it. But, um, he, he had a poopy diaper. And so we were, uh, changing him. And my oldest son was like, oh, that's gross. I was like, well, yeah. I was like, do you know how many diapers we've changed? Like, yeah, in, over the past, the past nine like, years, the past yeah, almost ten years. I was like, yeah. "How many diapers have changed?" He's like, "I don't know, probably like ten million. I was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> feels like it, but no." Yeah. Um, but and and but I was like, "No," and then and then I was like, "It's been a lot," and I was like, "Do you know that every single diaper you change is like seventeen cents?" And then I'm like going back through, and I'm like, "Well, it's seventeen cents plus the wipes, which are probably a couple cents each." It's just like, dude, that's like. That's like a quarter every single time. It's like going to the range. Time, boom, boom. I know. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, hey, man, imagine how many uh, imagine how many shots downrange I could have with all these diapers uh, <laughs> over over the years. And, and then and then I thought to myself, well, maybe whenever he goes off of diapers, then maybe the diaper budget will become my ammo budget. There you go. Still spending those quarters a little bit faster, though, than 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, if I think like in your daily a day, bowel, two daily bowel movements. <laughs> yeah, three a day, and if I go to the range, like you know, w- once a month or every other month, then you know, I'll, I'll have enough for a couple mags. There you go. That's, that's a positive thinking. Yeah, I'll just switch it from from one line of the budget to another to a different line of the budget. <laughs> yeah. Give every dollar a job. This is a poop job. Now it's a a, a protection job. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's good to hear, man. Well, uh, yeah, we're, we're still potty training ours. He's he's on and off, you know. Yeah. He still doesn't have the wiping down yet, so he's like, Dad? He, so he doesn't know that he has to call us, so we're trying to get that down. So <laughs> half the time he'll just go, and then he, like, just gets off and goes does his thing. We're like, uh, someone was in here. It's like, oh, it's probably the littlest, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's always it's always uh um baffling to me when I go in the bathroom and, and uh, somebody went in there, went to the bathroom, and there's poop in the toilet, but then there's no toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, hmm. I know that wasn't me. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it wasn't your mom. Based so. off of the size of these little nuggets, it was probably <laughs> one of the middle two. Yeah, younger two. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, it's good uh, to hear things hey, are going it's well. All, it, it's all good times. It's all good experiences. Yep. It's part of the... Part of the process, raising these yep. kiddos. Part of the journey. Makes good stories for later. Yeah. Docu- document those stories. Yeah. Write them down. Take pictures. <laughs> my wife was like, I am so mad right now, but I'm going to go get my camera so I can remember this. <laughs> I was like, okay. So she, when she she came up and she like took some pictures and then she was like, all right, let me clean it up. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, um, well, we got sometimes we need to tolerate these little children exactly tolerate these children <laughs> i was gonna say you know you've heard that heard that thing where the lady's like somebody needs to take responsibility for all these kids yeah, <laughs> yeah. she had like 15 kids and she's living in a little like, yeah hotel room she's like yeah somebody's gotta take responsibility for all these kids yeah did you hear that feed, who's gonna feed them yeah who's gonna put clothes on their backs did you hear about that lady that like she had a son, single mom. Her son was in school, went through all of high school. He had like a .15 GPA, goes through all of high school, four years. And then he is like, he doesn't graduate. And she, and she's like, somebody failed my son. The school failed my son. And it's just unbelievable that they would fail my son like that. And I'm like, and everybody's like, what are you talking about, dude? You never checked your kid's grades in four years of high school, and he has a .14 GPA. Obviously, he's not going to pass. Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. Somebody somebody of, failed there. Yeah, shocking. How people, like, just are in so much denial that they, like, just pawn off that responsibility. They're like, oh, the government is supposed to take care of my kids. Imagine yeah. thinking that that the government is responsible to take care well, of. Well, I was kids. just I I was literally just reading this thing that was saying that um I think it's in Washington, um they are uh doing away with uh any standardized testing because it um it <clears throat> hurts minority what communities. Was, what was, yeah, what was it? it was it was uh I don't know racist towards minority communities. It's like I mean that's standardized testing and 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 no. There's 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 no basically no grade requirements. It's just like, I guess it's all attendance, attendance based. If you if you attend, you graduate. If you attend a certain percentage amount of the time, sounds like you're setting your kids up for failure. I would not tolerate that if that was my school no. system. No, it's a great segue into the into the the uh, the topic today. Tolerance. What is tolerance, Ethan? Well. Uh, according to Webster, no, I, uh, so I, I went through and, and, and kind of put together some of my opinions of tolerance. I think tolerance, um, maybe in its, in its, uh, regulated form, maybe I'll say that, um, is a great thing. I think it is, I, I think it is good to, well, let me read this. So tolerance is the capacity to accept respect and appreciate the div- the diverse opinions of others 
their beliefs, their practices, and characteristics of individuals or other groups, even if they differ from one's own. So I think in general, it is good to, uh, I mean, respect other people of their, um, you know, beliefs and, and uh, uh, ways of, do, you know, ways of life and opinions and political opinions and whatever else you want to call it. Uh, I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, and I think we, we probably need a little bit more tolerance in uh, today's day and age. And in, in, uh, I kind of equate it to like patience or compassion, understanding, um, you know, a, a, a desire for. I don't know. I, I think I think being tolerant provides a, an opportunity to build more fulfilled relationships and or maybe uh, allows for a stronger foundation for interacting with others. Um, you know, I, I think maybe the, the the pure opposite of tolerance is like bigotry, maybe, or I don't know, non non acceptance. But I think a lot of these words are thrown around like crazy because I can tolerate something and we might get into this, but I can tolerate something up until a certain point. Yeah. Well, why, and why, then, yeah. So why, why do you think that, why would you say that you think that society needs, or you're talking about, you said we need more tolerance now. I'm curious as to understand like why. Yeah, you think that I is. guess when, in, when, when you're talking specifically in the fact of like, um, you know, people's preferences or um, trying to figure out the best way to word these without being extremely offensive or, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I and, and maybe maybe the word respect really kind of um is the word I'm pulling out from that. I feel like we, 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 there, we do need more respect in today's day and age. Right. And, and I think tolerance is understanding that someone else might have differing opinions and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And that, that is where, where I'm saying that I think that we can maybe use more tolerance in is in just saying like, Oh, okay. You know, if someone is, you know, completely opposed to the second amendment and, you know, they're out there screaming and, and, and all this different kind of stuff. And they, you know, and then I go to them and I, and I'm, you know, pro second amendment and, and, uh, you know, I, I think being able to have a conversation is kind of a show of tolerance. Like if you can mm -hmm. actually have a conversation with yeah. them and they could say, Oh, well, you know, ABCD is why I don't think it's good. And mm -hmm. I say, okay, well, I think, you know, a, B, C, D, E is why this is good. Mm -hmm. And and being able to listen to each other and say, okay, all right, well, you believe that. I believe this other. So, you know, good conversation. And doesn't get into, like, you know, spitting on each other. Or, or... Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, I feel like maybe tolerance and open-mindedness. Yeah, maybe that's where I was getting at. Yeah. But I think that open-mindedness is being maybe open-minded to hearing new opinions and things like that. Tolerance, I feel, is more like you don't agree with somebody's... You don't agree with what somebody's saying, but you're allowing it because you respect their ability to say it. Yeah, I think open-mindedness is kind of a, a precursor to change. Uh -huh. I don't think tolerance is a precursor to change. I think tolerance is based purely on I don't agree with you, but I still respect you as a person and you know, wish you no harm, I guess. Yeah. There's an interesting uh, uh, kind of description of tolerance that I found. And so it was talking about the, the that this is a, a guy named Preston King. He came up with these three different characteristics or traits of tolerance. And it's kind of interesting. So the first one is the objection component. So this is... He describes it as wherein the object of toleration is objectionable. For instance, a follower of one faith may assert the belief 
of another faith are wrong. So you may say, uh, I dis, I hate the second amendment. Um, I don't think people should own guns. Let's say someone says that. The second uh, tenant he talks about is the acceptance component of tolerance, which is which does not resolve the objection, but instead offers positive reasons for overlooking it, such as societal harmony. Well, you in our society, we have freedom of speech, and you have the right to say that, and I respect your right to say that you dislike the Second Amendment, uh, and I respect you to say that, but I don't agree with you. So it's you're still there's that objection component that you don't agree with that you have to tolerate. I think that's the difference between open mindedness is that there's that objection component, and then there's the exception component. So you accept uh, for a certain reason, your you, the exception component outweighs the objection component. Now the third piece, the third piece of this is really where this paradox comes in, is that there is a rejection component. He says, which defines the limit of tolerance. At what point the positive reasons are outweighed by the objection? So there's a certain, when you are tolerant, you're drawing lines in your head of where that, of where intolerance will begin. And so the paradox really is around that last one. Um, he goes on to say, most formulations of tolerance assert that tolerance is a reciprocal act, and that intolerance need not to be uh, need not be tolerated. So, what he's saying is that whenever there is a, an act of tolerance, so if I'm tolerating something that you're saying, in that very act, I am drawing the lines of where intolerance is in my mind of how far I will allow you to take that. So by being tolerant, I'm also being intolerant at the same time. Does that make It's kind of, you see how that's a kind of a paradox? Yeah. So it's like, you're like I res- this, this is the line of, of okay and not okay. Yeah. So for example, uh, I think a, a kind of a clear one is this like, that probably, well, some people may agree with this, that say, well, you know, I can tolerate, um, you know, two guys or, or, or two women getting married. Okay. I can tolerate uh, them and their right to do that. I respect their right to uh, get. <coughs> Sorry, I had to sneeze. I respect their right to get married. Uh, they're consenting adults. Uh, they can go ahead and get married. But in that act of tolerance, I'm drawing a line in my head. Say, okay, well, where is that line where I will not tolerate it? Well, a guy marrying a, a child or a minor, or a woman marrying a minor, or, or, or not necessarily marrying, but like being intimate with a minor it's like well is that am i going to be tolerant of that but what if it's a a a 19 year old and and a what if it's an 18 year old and a 17 year old is that okay well i can say well i might be a little bit tolerant of that but what if it's like a 50 year old and a six year old it's like that's a different line so by by being tolerant with these different things, I'm drawing these lines of saying, well, this is too far. This is a maybe. This is definitely a no, and this is a yes. And so it's kind of a dance that you have to do uh, that involves what that line is. So that's kind of part of tolerance. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I was coming up, trying to come up with, with lots of different, you know, examples of different things of kind of, I equated it to, um, at what point does, does tolerance start to go against morals, which is kind of that tolerant line of when it starts to reach, you know, I'm, I'm intolerant or, or or I, I will not tolerate that to a certain level. And it's interesting because, um, you know, if tolerance extends to, you know, tolerating actions that are harmful or maybe you know discriminatory or you know uh maybe they blatantly violate human rights um or if it's something that's like really in conflict with my moral convictions or or or, or path then yeah it's like at what point do you say no 
you know, enough is enough. And I think it's different for everybody, right? Um, you know, you had yeah. you had given the example of of you know two consenting adults, maybe of the same gender, wanting to get married, right, and file their taxes jointly. Uh, I mean, okay, like, does that really affect me in my daily life every day? I I I, I don't know, right? Or you know, somebody that wants to a guy who wants to dress up in drag and walk down the street, like. Okay, you can, you know, I choose my clothes out in the morning. You can choose your clothes out in the morning, Mm -hmm. right? But am I going to draw the line at um, them having uh, drag shows at preschools? Or, you know, like uh, preaching this, this, this to my children? Yeah. Right? And so to me, there is a line of tolerance and then... And then it goes over that line into what I consider to be an immoral place, mm-hmm. which is, you know, whether it's involving children or, um, you know, using the incorrect bathroom or how, whatever direction you want to go. But, yeah, I mean, that, that is something whenever your decision it starts affecting the rights of others um, and starts, you know, violating the, those those opportunities – with your behaviors, then, yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, but like, draw is, that line. But like, what is the great? Like the way that you describe that, it kind of begs the question: What is the gradient of morality? So, for example, I would say if if you're tolerant of something, you already disagree with that thing. So, yeah. let's say some people, you know, let's say, well, you know, I'm tolerant of mixed race couples getting married. You know, there's people that really are against that. I'm a tolerant of mixed race couples. uh, And so maybe that is like, do we accept things along a moral, a moral uh, kind of spectrum or say that's okay. But like, like maybe for someone it's like, well, mixed race couples are, that's just, that's about the edge of my tolerance. But for me, more, my morals don't extend anything beyond. So, a, a guy and a guy or a woman and a woman getting married, that is absolutely way far beyond. So it's like we, so it's actually kind of like by ha- making these decisions, we are setting like ABCD grades for our kind of w- the limits of our morals. And I think that in some ways, tolerance in society pushes that envelope of what we're willing to accept more and more and more. Uh, in some ways, likely good. In some ways, I think bad. Um, you know, in some way, a good example would be, you know, uh, giving women the right to vote. You know, it's just like women can't vote. You know, they, they their job is in the kitchen. You know, but like, well, you know, I think it's someone, someone at one point, Susan B. Anthony. There was plenty of other women that was like, hey, you know what? I think these. I think we we deserve the right to vote just like anybody else. And so some people had to tolerate that, and on the spectrum of their what they believed was morally appropriate, uh, maybe that was so for some folks it was at the edge for a long while, and then it became accepted because I think people tolerated that, and that was a good thing that came out of it. I think there's bad things that come out of moral tolerance because people can people are tolerating a lot of this. I think I feel like right now a lot of the stuff that people are doing to these kids, uh, you're transitioning kids to uh, making them take hormone blockers and, and surgeries and all this horrible stuff when you have like a six or a nine-year-old or even a 15-year, even a, just a child, life-altering chemicals and surgeries uh, because the child may be confused or something like that. And and parents and, and even the government in some cases is just giving into that. I heard uh, one thing that was said that uh, like people who wouldn't allow their kids to transition would no longer be allowed to uh, foster kids. Uh, this was probably in California. Uh, but it's just like, man, like we've gone so far off the rails. And it's like, how did we get here? It's like, well, I think we got here by being tolerant to some of those things so that now the fringe is this just like the fringe of that tolerance is this wild thing that we're at. Well, what do you yeah, think? It, it seems like it's constantly a, a moving target too. Because if, you know... <laughs> And my 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 wife and mother in law always say uh, this this phrase, but it's like you know specifically talking about the kids, right? If if you're eating a cookie, 
right? And your your you know two year old comes up and says, "Bite, bite, bite! Can I have a bite? Give him a little bite." And what is he going to do? He's going to run off until he finishes that bite, and he's going to come right back and want more. And so the phrase is that we always just say, "Oh, you give him a mouse a cookie, right? You give him a mouse a cookie, and he's going to want another one. Is he going another one? He's going another one." And so I think tolerance in general, just the name tolerant or tolerance, it has a negative connotation to it because. Yeah, if you're being tolerant, then you already dislike what's going on, um, you know. And so, but yeah, you give a mouse a cookie and you say, okay, well, I will tolerate this up to this point. And then it's like, oh, well, if but if you're okay with this, then why wouldn't you be okay with this? And then mm-hmm. it's like, well, okay, I can see that. And it's like, well, why wouldn't you be okay with this then? And then, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this, and you know, to be completely blatant, and maybe we'll get canceled for this, but, uh, you know, it's like, so at first you had, you know, LGB, you know, LGB, right? That was it, right? And then now it's LGBT, right? And then now it's LGBTI, and LGBTIA, and LGBTIA+, QIA+, yeah. and all this stuff. And then now there are uh, uh, these, like you said, there's these, uh, these uh, what do they call them? MAPs, minor yeah. attracted people, pedophiles, yeah. Yeah. that... They are tacking their letters onto that LGBTQIA plus plus maps, you know, all this different kind of stuff. Yeah. And there's even people within that community that's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to have anything to do with with you know uh you know, pedophiles. Yeah. Right. And they're like, oh well, but we're all one big group that yeah. we're tolerant of each other. We're all tolerant. Yeah. And so it's just it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And I think that's one reason why people push back so hard against, you know, gay marriage or LGBTQ stuff, because it's just like, you know, yeah, I mean, you open that door and it's once you open, I don't say Pandora's box, like you can't get it closed. Yeah. And, and, And it just continues to open wider and wider and wider and wider and wider and you can't reel it back in. Yeah, um, I know that there actually are some, uh, like, kind of advocates out there, like gay and lesbian folks that are act advocate like advocate against that. They're like, this yeah, stuff is yeah. grooming. And, and, and like, and a lot of stuff that happens there is grooming in these minor attractive persons. Like, this is not what we asked for when we wanted to get married. Yeah. Well, uh, and the thing is, too, is and, them. and I guess a preface, not a, I guess a not a preface. I don't know what the an epilogue to that was. Whatever <laughs> after the fact. Is that, I mean, I, I'm I'm stating uh, observations here. You know, all of these aren't my particular opinions, um, but a lot of these observations that I've seen have been people that that I know personally in that community, as well as uh, research and, and 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 you know stories that I have heard from people that are um, yeah. that that agree. Well, and so I think that. Sometimes it's like a generational, there's such a generational impact as well. So think about it like the things that our parents were just tolerating now became kind of a norm, right? So when I was growing up, a lot of parents just kind of tolerated, you know, video games or they're just like, oh, this is yeah. bad. This is horrible. This our society's going downhill and I hate this, but I'm going to be tolerant of it. And then like now, video games is a huge thing and like there's whole industries built off of this. And, you know, it's a norm. And so, like, perhaps it's a generational thing. When when a certain generation tolerates an activity, the next generation, they see that as the norm. And then they tolerate the next level beyond that yeah. because it's just the norm. Like, oh, I just tolerate that uh, everybody that, you know, are... The, the company has these initiatives to help every single minority and every single sex except for a white male. Now, I'm just going to tolerate that. And what's the next generation going to be? My When my kids get into the workforce, is it going to be like, oh, sorry, you're a white male. You definitely can't be hired here. You know, is that what that next extreme is? So it just kind of makes me wonder. It's like, well, I think that like, so I, it's like this balancing act. It's like, well, do the good does the good that I'm getting, or that you know, there's the objection, and then there's the acceptance portion. That is the good outweighing that bad that I object to. It's like, well, I can't see the future, and I don't actually know all of the bad that that thing might come. And so, 
perhaps right now the good outweighs the bad, but what about 50 years from now? If this keeps going on, does it outweigh then? So that's the kind of question you got to answer in your head. And the something that's, well, I was going to say a little bit scary is that the tolerance level of an individual is different for everyone. You know, I'm sure you have some people that they're that they're maybe on sync and their tolerance levels are are relatively close or um you know, I would say some some people are more tolerant, some people are less tolerant. But no, I mean it's it's it could be all over the place and so it's hard to you know, I'm even thinking just like political party, right? Political affiliation. Are you a Republican or you're a Democrat? There's only two parties. Yeah. Which which the 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 original uh system created for 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 a democratic republic um such as the United States was not a two-party system, but that's a whole different conversation. Um but it's like you know, you're kind of forced to align yourself with one group or another based on tolerance to certain issues um you know it's like i don't know this ukraine thing it's like you know oh the 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 people in ukraine and the civilians in in ukraine are being you know bombed and killed by the russians and everything else it's like oh that's terrible and then they're like oh we need to go in there we need to do all sort kind of stuff so there's like maybe there's there's very low tolerance for any uh human rights violations there right but then uh what was it several years ago in china they were having mass genocides of millions and millions of people being killed Mm -hmm. and so it's just like but there was not not even a a a news topic on that right not even a conversation on that oh so it just turned a blind eye obviously we're we are very tolerant as a nation to um you know genocide in other certain countries but you know some people fighting about a, a, you know over a war that was self-inflicted to a certain extent we're all over it well it's because that's where the money flows there's no money yeah. in 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 China or, or like oh in in supporting that or even being aware of that and there's so many Chinese players that are like, man, let's not let's not talk about that. But that's why this whole Israel Hamas thing is so confusing because the media yeah. is just like, the media is just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is absolutely crazy, and it's hard to believe what they say because we know that they're lying about a lot of the stuff in Ukraine. Like they're lying about so much stuff in Ukraine. In fact, I've seen like videos of like people cleaning up debris after a bombing and they're picking up like giant concrete pieces like it's like it's obviously styrofoam right and it's like this is all stage this is all props i mean mean, everything but like that video i was watching i was like this is staged so that they can get money so that he can come and buy please 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 and bites i'm gonna give you 200 million dollars right now and then a billion dollars tomorrow you know it's a billion Come on, dude. So it's hard to believe who is right and who is wrong. And then you have all these people that for, are for Hamas that are like, or Palestine, that are like, well, you know, Israel's lying about all this kind of stuff. And and they're, and and every time we, anybody says anything about it, they're immediately called anti-Semite. It's kind of like, yeah, that I can kind of see that. It's like, if you if you criticize anything about you know, uh, like a black community, any aspect of it, it's like, oh, immediately you're racist. It's like, well, maybe I can, can I disagree with this one thing that, that this community is doing without being racist? Uh, it's like, so that's like an, an impenetrable shield that that almost exists. It's like, well, we yeah. died in the Holocaust, so you're, you want to kill us in the Holocaust again? It's like, well, I can't, are you saying I can't disagree with you because, like, and you're throwing up the, the Holocaust in my face because I'm trying, I'm, I'm like, curious and questioning what you're saying so it's let's that's kind of what i was saying earlier is almost i I said it felt like the the opposite of tolerance was like bigotry but i don't think it's the opposite i think maybe it's like that's like what the word that's like the the i don't know the what, what what do you call it the catchphrase or the 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 hot word of oh you're a bigot you're a bigot you're a bigot if you don't agree with 
if you don't agree with something that yeah. they, that they say. <clears throat> and um, so it's kind of like if you're if if you tolerate anything at all, then because te- technically, if you tolerate something, then you are intolerant of something too. Yeah. So unless you're unless you are completely and utterly accepting of everything, then you're tolerant to a certain extent. You know, you could be very tolerant, but your line still is drawn somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um it's like, well, I I don't like I, I'm pro Hamas, but my line is when they kill fifty babies, not when they kill twenty babies. So I'm still pro Hamas. You know, it's like, yeah. where is your line of like, well, Israel has killed uh, a thousand people in Gaza. Okay, well, Gaza killed well, they, two thousand people. A hosp- they, yeah, they they bombed a hospital. Oh, yeah, you know. Well, well, they killed two thousand people at an EDM concert. So, like, what is the value of the lives here? And like, what is the line? Like, they killed adults and they killed babies. So it's like not equal. So it, it's just so funny how we, yeah, draw these lines. You know. Well, and I think you know we're talking about big issues here. Um yeah. but I think you know tolerance can be something that is even driven down to like, you know, a personal level. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I guess I'm I'm going to kind of make up this example um and maybe it's not a good one, but not something that that I that I deal with, right? But I'm thinking like a a marriage, like a relationship. Um and I don't know. Maybe I'm just gonna, I'm going to talk like so generally that it's so stereotypically that this is probably a, a a weird example. But let's say that um, you know, a husband and a wife, and um, the husband occasionally will you know drink some beers, um, you know, every other month or a couple times a year, you know, on holidays around Thanksgiving or something like that, and um, not a big drinker at all, but it, but a couple times a year. And whenever he drinks, he is an angry drunk, and he just gets really angry, and he, uh, you know, says mean things. Yeah. Right? The wife is like, yeah, that kind of sucks, but I could tolerate that. You know, once a year, he's kind of a jerk when he drinks, but, you know, rarely ever drinks. Lots so of money, so. Yeah, so it's just like, Okay, I could tolerate that, you know, not yeah. that big a deal. Yeah. But then, you know, that tolerance goes and then maybe the drinking is a little bit more and not all, not everyone's a, an angry drunk, right? Some people are happy drunks or whatever else. But, you know, and then one time, you know, 10 years into their marriage, he gets super upset and he pushes her really hard. And then she's like, oh, well, you know, he, he was it was, you know, he was drunk or whatever. And it was an accident or OK, and then. And, you know, maybe the next year comes around and and he pushes her a little harder or hits her or, you know, slaps her or I don't know, gets gets more aggressive, more abusive to a certain extent. And then it's like, oh, OK, well, this is kind of getting, you know, is this getting close to my level of intolerance? And and so, you know, I think, you know, abuse or, or violence to a certain extent there is a tolerance factor, uh, whether it's personal or even whether it's like, you know, what if you're uh, sitting on a bus and you 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 there's a couple, um, you know, that's sitting in front of you and or, or not even a couple. Let's say you're sitting on a bus and there's a, a girl that's sitting by herself and then there's like a, 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 you know, a homeless guy gets on the bus or something and he's like. You know, hey, sweetheart, how's it going? And she just like, yeah, fine, you know. Or, and then he's like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're really pretty. And she's like, oh, you know, thanks. And then you're sitting here, you're watching it the whole time. Like, my tolerance factor at that point is I'm vigilant. I'm like, okay, you know, it's not that big deal. He's bothering her, but she's not whatever. Yeah. And then he, you know, goes over and he sits next to her. And he's like, hey, you know, trying to, you know, get her number or something. Not even a bum. Anybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? And then my tolerance meter is kind of going off. Like, I'm like, hey, and she's super uncomfortable. And she's like, hey, could you leave me alone? And then he grabs her arm. And then it's like, boom. Okay. my I, I got to get up. I got to say something. Yeah. I don't tolerate that anymore. Yeah. And that's when you get up. You say, hey, man, leave her alone. 
Like she doesn't want to talk to you. Yep. Right. So that's like that. That tolerance reached that line of what I consider moral, or I guess my intolerance level. And yeah. So I I think it's things like that that we we come upon every single day. But you have to uh, have that line, and you have to understand what that is. It's like, and and, and we've seen that personally in uh in kind of a situation even similar to what you just described. Uh, with with uh, my wife and I in a situation that we had where this guy was being like a creeper and then like he was doing yeah. all this bizarre stuff and it's like everybody around us that we thought were like our friends or would stand up for us, they were just being so tolerant and they were just being, they were tolerant to a fault and it was an excuse not to stay and it just became like, well, you know, uh, I know that he said he wanted, I know that this creepo guy said that he wanted to do X, Y, and Z to you, but did he actually do them? Uh, I don't know. And then like, I know that he was shouting out, you know, people by name, like, like what, at what point do people stand up? And so like people will become desensitized to things and then they don't realize how far that person has come. That's why we've talked about other credos. Uh, we've talked about self-awareness, uh, being objective, being able to st- take a step back and be like, an hour, or a, day, a year ago, would I be accepting of where this person has come now? And if the answer is absolutely not, but if they've just inched and inched and inched and inched, then that's, I mean, that's that's how you... Yeah. That's how they get you, man. They just do it one inch at a time. What does it say in the that the the devil leads you down to hell just by just one inch at a time, just barely, just get you just a little bit off track, a little bit off track, and then you know that's how things yeah. go. And that's well, that's, and I'm, we saw I'm trying to I'm trying to decide how deep I want to go down this rabbit hole and how controversial I want to get. Um, but you know, I think sometimes. People can have a semblance of tolerance and, you know, probably one of the most, uh, I don't know, one of the most popular phrases that has ever existed is, you know, what would Jesus do? Yeah, yeah. Right? And I I almost think that's, I almost think that's dangerous to a certain extent. And and, and this is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there, so. Yeah. Uh, uh, but because there are certain things that, you know, many people will say that, oh, you know, it's pure, pure love and, 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 you know, tolerance of everyone. Yeah. This guy is like you were saying is, is, um, you know, maybe saying stuff and offending you, but he didn't actually touch you. And, and so it's like, yeah, but you know, everyone else seems to be tolerant. So, so tolerant of this situation because, I don't know. It's like this this Christian value of oh, we just need to love everyone. Yeah. But a lot of times, and I'll I'll be one of the first ones to call it out. A lot of times, those just that's almost a crutch that's utilized uh, because they're afraid to, because they're afraid because to stand because up. they're afraid to stand up for themselves or someone else, or it's inconvenient, and so they'll say, oh, you know, well, you know, it's not my not my job to interfere or not my job to judge, you know, not my job to judge. Well, it's like, yeah, but I'm going to start judging when somebody, you know, when, when, yeah. Well, yeah, when someone's trying to attack my wife or when someone's trying to like threaten my family. Yeah, or someone's, Absolutely, or, yeah. someone's or, or you got a 50-year-old man dressed like a woman sharing a bathroom with my four-year-old daughter. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, no thanks. Um, and, and so, so it's like, I think, I think you kind of got to be careful in the sense of, you know, tolerance is not just like pure love and everybody, you know, everybody's happy and everybody is, is, is accepting of each other. Um, well, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think there's several people use good attributes as shields for weakness. And because it's under the guise of something that's so great you can't really penetrate it or question it or call it out because it's yeah. like, like for, like you just said, Oh, tolerance. I'm just being so tolerant. Oh, someone broke into your house. 
well, you know, I'm just going to be so tolerant. Oh, someone murdered your wife, your family? I'm just going to be so tolerant. And it's like, someone breaks into your house and they're stealing all your stuff. Oh, they must just need it more than I do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or or I think another one is, is faith. I think also faith. People, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, I just have a lot of faith. But really, that's just the shield that they hide. I think that's just easy shield to hide behind. It's not really faith. It's just like, I've already made up my mind, and this is what I'm doing, and I don't want to think about that, and I'm going to call that faith. Or I think in some ways people can just um, be kind of lazy about that, and it's not like active faith. It's not like, yeah, I have a, a, uh, I have a hope that this is going to be true. It's just like, no, I just don't want to think about that. But then they call well, that faith. I think I, I, you and I don't disagree a lot, but... I'm going to disagree a little bit on the faith aspect because I think faith is, uh, I think faith is personal tolerance, like takes another individual, like it takes interaction with someone else to be tolerant, mm-hmm. but faith in and of itself is, is a very individual principle. And, you know, you can have faith in something that doesn't have to do with, with anyone else, I guess. I don't know if that made sense, but so you're saying that you have faith, it's it's an individual thing. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously it is an individual thing, but what I'm saying is that sometimes people will say, oh, I'm just being faithful, or I have faith that this is going to happen, but really it's just, it's it, it could be, some, yeah, it absolutely could be the faith sometimes, but I think sometimes that is an easy excuse to just say, I don't want to think about that. I've already, I've already made up my mind about that, so I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. Basically, yeah. I mean, I guess you could that's say not, if, that's not if, faith. If, if, you're, if you're saying I don't want to think about that, that's not really necessarily faith, because you're not like actively believing. You're just saying like, yeah, I just don't want to think about it. Yeah, well, I think faith can maybe turn tolerance into just like pure belief to a certain extent, right? And so. Maybe I think of like, um, well, I wasn't necessarily talking about how they, those two together. I was just saying that both of those attributes sometimes are used as shields to mask underlying insecurity or underlying, uh, possibly underlying negative attributes, but the shield of these positive attributes, uh, comes up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But, uh. Interesting. Um, I wanted to share one interesting story from history. Uh, this is kind of interesting about tolerance. Uh, this little tidbit from history here. So, have you ever heard of the Edict of Milan or the Edict of Toleration? No. So, in the year 1313 AD... I don't, I don't tolerate that crap. <laughs> well, it's actually a big deal. In the year 1313 AD, the Roman Emperor Constantine the Great uh, and... Licinius, uh, they made a decree. So the decree marked a significant moment in the history of the Roman Empire where religious tolerance uh, was allowed. So at the time, the Roman Empire was characterized by religious diversity uh, with a multitude of cults and belief systems coexisting. However, Christians had often faced persecution uh, for their faith. You know, the story of Saul, you know, the persecuted the saints, and there's been lots of that was that was going on. The Edict of Milan, uh, also known as the Edict of Toleration, aimed to change this situation. So the edict granted religious tolerance to not only Christians but to all religions within the Roman Empire. It declared that people who should be allowed to follow their religious beliefs of their choice without fear of persecution. This edict was a crucial step in towards a religious freedom and marked the beginning of a more inclusive approach to a diverse religious practices. Now, I think that they did this. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of political motivations behind this. Uh, it's hard to rule a people that you're trying to, f- you're, you're persecuting them or whatnot. But if you think about it, it actually is a way, as far as a way to rule a people, allowing for religious freedoms we see that in our government of the United States of America today, and it's one of our founding principles is religious freedom, and that was uh, going on in the Roman Empire uh, in 313 A.D., uh, and it was kind of the, some of those first steps. 
uh, towards being a more tolerant society and allowing people to do their worship however they, they feel is best. So a little tidbit from history on the Edict of Toleration. Yeah, that's cool. I, I had one, uh, too, which is kind of interesting. I heard um, uh, a story, and I can't remember all the details, um, but basically um, there was, it was one of the, I want to say like Indian or Middle Eastern countries in the, I think, mid early 1800s or something like that during British colonization. And so uh, the British colonized this this country and basically took over the rule of this country. But in a lot of these these colonizations from the British, it was, uh, you know, they they were they were ruled by an ambassador of sorts or a minister from from Britain that lived there. And he was kind of the ruler of you know the British Virgin Islands or or whatever it is, um, and then the people just live their life and their culture like normal. Um, well, this this British governor or whatever um, got to this this new colony, the, the, this new country that was colonized, and the chief of this colony was uh, he died. He died from you know old age or natural causes or whatever, and so uh, it was tradition and culture for these people that whenever the chief died, they burn. And there's a true story; they would burn the chief's wife during the funeral ceremony. They would burn her alive. Yeah, and so um, you know they were the chief died, and the the gov- British governor went to the you know, to the leaders and was like, Hey, you know, what's going on? Oh, the chief died. And he was like, okay. And so he's, you know, we're going to have a big funeral for him tomorrow and all this sort of kind of stuff. He's like, all right. So then they, they start putting all this stuff together for the funeral and they start putting this, you know, building this, this sacrifice fire pit at the thing. And he's like, what, what's going on here? And they're like, Oh, well, we're going to burn his wife alive so she can be with him. And he's like, um, no you're not yeah and 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 they're like well yeah i mean that's that's what we do and so the whole thing was he's like yeah i have tolerated some pretty weird stuff that you guys are doing to a certain extent Mm -hmm. but basically the end of the story was uh i'm gonna come back tomorrow and if you do this i'm gonna slaughter you all right you all are gonna pay for it and so um basically they broke that tradition and it was no longer tradition from then on because that British governor, right, decided that no, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. Yeah, I thought he said something like, uh, "There's going to be like ten gallows here to hang every single." person. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was. He was like, yeah, and, and anyone that. that participated, they'll get hung and killed as well, or something yeah. like that. It wasn't the British Virgin Islands. No, it was not. It was some. It was. That was, was, was in. Like, that was in India. Yeah, that's what I said in the beginning. I think it was some. I was just using the. Virgin Islands is a, actually I think it's the American version. Is it British Virgin Islands now? I don't know. Whatever. I was just using yeah, yeah. that as an example of colonization, but oh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it was in India somewhere. Yeah, or so some he, Muslim country that has like mercy killings and stuff like that. Oh yeah, dude, that's awful, man. But yeah, the, he put a stop to that real quick. He was like, "No, I'm gonna shut that down. We don't do that." Yeah, uh, I don't tolerate that. And then people say colonization is so horrible. <laughs> Yeah, it depends on your morals, I guess. Right? Depends yeah. on what you. Well, and it's, and it's interesting too because it's like you know who's to say that the British at that time had the higher moral ground, but I mean I think to a certain extent a country that is more, I don't know, maybe maybe advanced or civilized has a more has more of a moral code. Yeah. Um, you know I think. In some ways, but also like what I is think it? the U.S. The has, Congo, a more, has a higher moral code than some of these other countries, you know, in yeah. the middle of Africa or Indonesia somewhere that are still cannibalistic tribes. You know, yeah. no, it's like I think in some ways, yes. In some ways, like like oh, was it King Leopold of like um, Luxembourg or, or Austria or something like that? He owned the Congo. 
and he like absolutely gutted that country and like killed millions of people civilized civilized folks but he absolutely like destroyed the country i mean who knows what their you know their customs were or whatever but in some ways i think that yes a more civilized uh society generally respects human life more in some ways in other ways maybe not uh well and maybe and maybe the tolerance is just a different things maybe it's not human life but maybe it's you know wealth and immorality or maybe it's you know other things that is not just human life yeah yeah that's true well we've covered all this this has been this has been a good one we've covered all the topics we didn't solve all the problems but we talked about them (laughs) (laughs) we we talked about a lot of them so i you know like i said there's with tolerance it's something you need to think about what are you going to draw the lines uh and where are you going to stand up for what you believe in. This is a critical credo to add into your personal creed because at some point you do have to take a stand. Like the song says, I'll take a stand, everybody. Was that, was that Eminem? Come take my hand, come <laughs> take my hand. We uh, walk this road together. <laughs> That's right. So uh, for all those listeners, we appreciate you listening to this podcast we uh, encourage you to uh, interact with us, whether that's through social media or making a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And let's go ahead and build our creed together. All right, let's do it.